welcome to another edition of Racing Through Time. Finally, we yes. are uh, maybe our second or third show in two. No, this is our first show in 2021. We have survived 2020. We're moving on. We did make it through 2020, just barely. And uh, we are back with our hometown track. That would be Bristol, baby. Except this is one time where Bristol, baby, is like, holy crap, what happened? Well, it's like the weather in East Tennessee. You know, just wait five minutes, it'll change. I mean, the spring Bristol race, from what I remember, because I guess we'd done the show four years ago. Yeah, I think I have still have two more children than when last time we was here. Yeah, so when we done the spring Bristol race, for some reason, I remember it being a pretty good race. This race, I d- did not have a whole lot going for it. No, I don't. Th- and when you only got about half the cars uh, finishing, that's not a good sign. No. So this Bristol race, uh, just just off. But we'll talk about it here, and we'll try to break it down and go over it like we always do. Um, Andy Waddell, Ricky Wittenberg here, Racing Through Time uh, podcast. Now sponsored. We got a sponsor because it's Woo-hoo! me. I'm sponsoring my own podcast because now if, uh, if you ever have an inclination to do eye racing and you need a paint scheme, DND race graphics, uh, look me up on Facebook. We, I uh, showed Andy some of my bling, my cars. He seemed to like them. Okay. I, I was a big fan of the red foreman one. Yes. I've done a red foreman for president. Uh, I do bang energy. Um, I've done TV shows, uh, sports teams, whatever you want to, yeah. Next, he's going to have to do a General Lee. A gen- no, that's uh, you can't you can't put the Confederate flag on uh, uh, trading paints. Well, you get, shoot, you get banned for the old uh, the old general now. Well, we'll just put an American flag on it and say ta-da. Yes, we can do that. Uh, so this show we come off of um, Watkins Glen in Michigan, our last race, and last time we left you, Bill Elliott was in victory lane, and we. We may have went in a little deep on his wife. Oh yeah, it's going to not, get worse, and 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 not in the not in the fun way. No, 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 no. But um, so poor Bill, Andy, you saw the clip that I posted on the page the other day where he's, he's he had a three way behind him. Yes, and, in the mirror. And let's face it, gentlemen, unless you're of a certain persuasion, if the three ways behind you, that's not a good sign. Not usually. Most of the time, that happens in prison. Most of the time. So one thing about this Bristol race that's a little different is they had a qualifying show that's uploaded on YouTube. Dear Lord. And this is not any qualifying show because <laughs> the first qualifier is something that I, it, it, it's beyond the pale, Andy. We've got, there's no way to describe it. So we're going to play the clip. You and can, then we'll talk about it. Yes, go to watch the video as well. Go watch the video and come back. All right, here we go with our first qualifier of the evening. It's J.D. McDuffie, 47-year-old, but the red flag is out. We have an individual walking on the racetrack, as a matter of fact, right down in front of us. And as, she, as soon as she can go through the gate and uh, get herself off of the speedway, we'll resume these time trials. Most unusual, Benny. How did that happen? Oh, my Lord. How in the yeah. world did that did she get on the racetrack? There she is, scrambling across the track and will be vaulting the pit wall here and getting herself out of uh, harm's way. Well, J.D. McDuffie pulls back into the uh, pit area. Would this have any effect on how he uh, has gotten psyched up and now perhaps psyched down for his run? The problem is that in qualifying, these cars plug the grill up. They put sheet metal in the grill so no air passes through them. The cars are a little faster with the grill plugged up naturally without any air going into the radiator it creates a problem overheating the engine jd mcduffie right now has his engine a little bit too hot he's going to have to cool it off before he's can qualify but nascar will give him about 15 minutes to, to cool the engine off before he has to qualify okay okay andy how many, we got a lot to unpack i mean this show's gonna not be very good because the race sucked <laughs> oh, we got a lot to unpack right here Oh, yeah. They was about to be something get unpacked if they hadn't got her off that track. My God. So, I don't understand. <laughs> what, what? How do you I? How do you get on the track? When you see the flagman getting ready to wave the green, you hear a car 
coming around and you think, well, now's a good damn time for me to cross the track and get up into the grandstands. Well, I mean, for anybody that's been to Bristol, you know, when one car fires up, it echoes throughout the entire place. Oh, you yeah. you are going to hear it. And, and those big monsters in 1986, you can hear yes, it. Yes, and she's just taking a lolly little stroll, and she gets to the fence, and that's the funny part. It looks like a gerbil running to the edge of the cage. She don't know where to go, <laughs> and she's like, ah. And the, the flagman is pissed. He's pointing her. He's like, get off the track. And then Bob Jenkins in the iconic call, she's going to vault the pit wall. Andy, I've got nothing against big people. No. Because I'm big. I'm big. I am one of them. Yes. Yes, sir. But I have got, I have broken my ankle several times. I've got two bad knees and I go 375. I might be able to vault the pit wall. I mean, I might be in traction after I do it. Yeah. This woman ain't vaulting shit. No, no, she she wasn't vaulting the like start finish line, let alone the pit wall. Yeah. I mean, this because let's face it, and then she gets over at the end, and some dude's just sitting there on the wall. Yeah, like, he's sitting you on have done that. Yeah, sitting on the pit wall, being like, "You are in trouble." Now, <laughs> um, now there is another theory about this woman. Oh Lord, what is your theory? Because I have one of my own. Bill, get you off. <laughs> she got loose. Oh, oh, that's much better than mine. I thought she was going to the flagman to talk about his car's extended warranty. Oh, no, that's that. That was uh, Bill Elliott's wife has been oh, let Lord. loose onto Bristol. Well, she was just trying to escape the Dawsonville gang, I guess, because if Bill's got three behind him, I say she wanted to get away. Shoo. Oh, my God. Okay. So. Do we have a lawyer? <laughs> Stephen P. New. Okay. The two or three of people might get that. Yeah. And if they do, we love you. Yeah, if we do. We, we like you. Um, so, the, oh, I don't even know if I watched it. Who cares? The rest of the qualifying show. No, nobody else tried to vault pit wall and, and race across the track. Andy, have you... Now, I've been to plenty of dirt races, and I know you've been there, too. I've seen this happen at dirt races. Yes. In between, you know, some idiot takes off. <laughs> Running across a dirt track with a car coming around and going a 12 second laps, Bulls Gap or Atomic. I was announcing at Atomic in 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. And this, this, this guy has these two kids. They're maybe six, seven, eight years old. And this guy, and I'm, there's, it's already dangerous enough that you're on the other side of the fence standing there getting ready to go across the track. And it's during qualifying, so there's only one car out at a time. And I'm announcing, and I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, surely to God, they're not going to. And and this is late model qualifying, the fastest cars you can get. Well, they throw the green flag. This guy jerks these two kids, no. and they take off across the track. And over the PA system, I go, oh, holy shit. Oh, for the, oh, dear God. And the flagman, like, we from the tower, we get the caution out. And we find out later that this is some guy invited his buddy. And I, somebody got fired. I'll put it that oh, way. But, I mean, you don't run across a racetrack with race cars at speed ever. No. Even if it is poor J.D. McDuffie. Well, I mean, I've seen them do it, you know, like a volunteer back in the old days, they'd come off there and go into the pits, you know, but the, it was during caution or it was, you know, in between yeah. heat, you know. Uh, it, like, it's a good idea that they're, hey, they're throwing the green flag for qualifying. Well, I need to get across the yeah. track. They can wait. And the bad part was them rednecks, they had at least enough sense when they heard the motor rev, if they was on the track. They usually got away. Yeah, they yeah, they'd, take, yeah they'd, they'd take off. But this woman, she is just on a leisurely stroll. Yeah, she, she, but she's vaulting the pit wall. Yeah, not, not without <laughs> I, a catapult. She's not. This is uh, eighty six, ninety six, oh six, six. So we're thirty some years later. We're still waiting on her to vault that yes. pit wall. Yeah, she'll get there sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. In her hover round, by God, I can go anywhere <laughs> in that hover round. Yeah, it's even got this turbo boost feature. <laughs> Looks like the night like, rider car. She look like Johnny Knoxville <laughs> jumping that dirt bank that they're going to have at Bristol oh. in a couple of months. Hi, I'm Bill. Okay, so uh, we had the qualifying show, and that's basically all that happens in it. We're going into the race. There wasn't really, I looked up the news articles on a serious note, there really wasn't any big news articles going into this race. Um, I guess it was a slow week for 
for NASCAR. Uh, out of this qualifying, Jeff Bodine is on the pole. Tim Richmond second. Bobby Allison third. Ricky Red fourth. Dell Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, Terry Labonte, Neil Bonnet, Bill Elliott, and Daryl Waltrip were the top 10 in qualifying. Actually, before we get to the race, let's go back to the the deal. Actually, with the besides the woman, you have a guy in J.D. McDuffie that's not locked into the race. And he gets out on the track. And what would NASCAR have done? You know, he makes the race, but what if he didn't? Like, are they going to compensate him because he burned his tires out and he's kind of got an unfair disadvantage? What would you do in that situation if he didn't make the race? Well, see, that's what I was wondering about because you hear them talk about it that the fact back then, you know, they always covered the grill completely. So your motor, you know, they'd have them cannonball motors. They just blow up because you only needed to make one good lap. Well, he's done got it hot. What if it blew up on him when he did try to do his qualifying? I I was wondering about that myself. Or you knock the good out of the tires. Yeah. I mean, in one lap, you've already burnt your tires off. And this is a guy that's just barely on the edge of making the race anyway. So anything could knock him out. That was actually what I wondered about when I watched it to see that he make the race, but he did. Yeah, because I, I don't know if they had interference penalties back then like football or what. I, I, what would happen is they'd NASCAR would probably slip him enough money that would have been start money and said, we're sorry. Yeah, we apologize. Junior yeah. said bye. <laughs> Bill's wife said hello. <laughs> Doubly. So we've got rain threatening. It's Bristol. <laughs> it's Bristol. It, it's always threatening in Bristol. I don't care. They have even moved the dates of the race over the years, and it still either rains or snows every oh, time. Every time. Yeah, it don't matter. Whenever Bristol's going to happen, you know if it's the spring race, it's probably going to snow. Yep. Or it's going to be like 42 degrees and just drizzling <laughs> rain. And in the summer race, it's going to be 112 degrees, and your skin's going to peel off. Yep. Because so. you got to remember that one year that washed all the campers away because it rained so much. I mean, and that ain't been. Yeah, long that's ago. just been a few years ago. So, um, yeah. So on this race, the first there used to be a three part upload on YouTube that's great video quality. Uh, the first part has been taken down. I don't know if it was a copyright strike or what, but what we're left with, we're thankful to have. But it was not a very good video or audio quality here for the first 125 laps. No, it it was very very bad. You couldn't. It was skipping, and you couldn't make out who was who, and who knows what we saw and what we did. Yeah, if if you were prone to seizures, uh, I wouldn't watch that. No, they had. It needed a warning on it. That's for sure. Yeah. So we um, we take off. The green flag flies. And we get like a 13-car breakaway at Bristol. I mean, that's weird that you have 13 cars just nose to tail, but Richmond had jumped out into the lead, and um, you could tell with that many cars, he's probably holding up the whole pack. Oh, yeah, and that's the bad part. I mean, they were all holding good lines. They were all driving real good up there in the front. It wasn't like, you know, I don't know, they weren't slipping around as bad as you'd think. No, it's and it's tame for Bristol. Nobody was moving each other out of the way early. Everybody's just kind of being nice and just riding around. No, because later on you can watch, uh, I believe it was uh, Jeff Bodine's car still looked just as pristine as when he started. <laughs> yeah. But it was Jeff Bodine, so, you know. Yeah. So ten la- we get 10 laps into the race. Everybody's still in the same order. Tim Richmond up front. Kyle Petty is slow. He goes into the pits. The hood goes up, and uh, that's pretty much the end of his race. Starting to see a pattern with him this year. Yeah, but just a lot of engine issues in the Wood Brothers car. There's a now a 15 car train up front, and we just we're clicking off laps. We never know. It's 1986. We don't know how many laps they've went, but it's you know 10 more maybe, 12 more laps, and then Morgan Shepard goes to the high side, Andy. And I got I am a fan <laughs> of Morgan Shepard. If nothing else in this podcast that we've done, I, we go into it because we want to pay tribute to Tim Richmond. And I love Tim Richmond, and I'll always love Tim Richmond, but I'm now a fan of Morgan Shepard because of this. I, the I, guy could drive. I guess because, well, let's see, 86, we were, what, six, six years old. Yeah, six years old, six, seven years old, so, you know, we don't remember it that good, but the man had the huevos. I mean, they were made of stainless steel. Yeah, I mean, he was just a different breed of driver. Um I guess he never got the brakes because he didn't have the pizzazz. Even back then, you still had to have a little bit of 
You had to something. have something. Yeah, you either he had just, to have that. If you was quiet, you had to have that. Oh, he's dangerous. Quiet. He's too nice for NASCAR. Yeah, he's. Too, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's Jeff, exactly him and Jeff, right. but Jeff Bodine could at least. He could. Um, he had the Yankee factor. He was the outsider. It was a. Uh, uh, and then he gets into. Then the next year, like two years later, him and Dale Earnhardt have a start the big feud, yeah. and then, you know, it, it splits everything. But. So Jeff Bodine's a little different, but he was too nice for NASCAR too. But Morgan Shepard is definitely too nice for NASCAR. But my God, he could drive. And he's in the, um, he is in the, uh, the 75 car, the nationwide car. He takes, uh, what is that third, his third or fourth different? Race? Yeah. He had been in the race Hill farms car. He's, he's, he's been in three or four different cars, uh, so far this year. So it, it don't matter what he jumps in. He makes that car better. Yeah. He, he's one of those like Robbie Gordon. I mean, I mean, he can drive anything with wheels on. It looks like. Yeah. So Shepard jumps to the outside. He, he passes red, um, for fifth. And then he goes by, he gets up to fourth, third, and then he passes Bodine for second. And Richmond for the lead. I mean, he he is like everybody's on the bottom. He just goes to the outside and blows by everybody. And when they see what he does, <laughs> that's when everybody actually starts racing a little bit here at the beginning of the race. Like, oh, you we can go out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time, you know, you never knew because it's just rain. The track's fresh. It's raw. You know. Yeah. Can you stick it up there or not? And he was like, Well, I'll try. We. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. So thirty laps into the race, we've got Shepard, Bodine, Bobby Allison. Dale Earnhardt and Tim Richmond has slipped to fifth. Earnhardt's car is pretty loose. He This whole race, his car, even though he'll wind up with a good finish, he just never was in this race. No, he he was he was lucky, skillful, all the above wrapped into one just to even finish in the top five. Oh, me. yeah. It just it works out in his favor, but this was not his night. Um, Shepard gets into the wall from the lead. He has to pit. He cut down a tire, so you have to wonder – he goes, he's one of the first guys out there. Did he run over some crap up there or did he, or did he blister the tire by going out there and running on a green track? Yeah. You know, no rubber laid down yet. And he was, well, like you say, what, within two laps, he's passed five people. I mean, you know, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's something, it's something weird. Um, and here's where in my notes, we make the executive decision <laughs> to flash forward. I can't handle this tracking and sound problem. Uh, it was kind of like in your teenage years when you found out the cable box in that one channel yeah. and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It, it was sort of like that, except it was a lot more fun when you was a, Teenage. a teena teenager <laughs> than trying to watch a 1986 NASCAR race and making out what car is what. So we resume with the video of Bush 77 and it had awesome the video was oh, even really good. Like, I don't know what VCR they recorded it on back then, but it was top of the line. It, it, and it, they used a uh, one of the good tapes. I even watched it on my big 4K TV, and it was still it still looks gorgeous. Good. Yeah. So we have now fast forwarded to lap 154. I could tell you we didn't miss much. There had been a wreck with Rick Wilson. Um, Tim Richmond dented in his radiator, but he was still out there. Richard Petty had got in the wall. There'd been a couple of little scraps, but none, we didn't miss a lot. No, we couldn't have because everybody was pretty well in the same spot when we come back as they yeah. was when we left. So we go green on lap 154 when we come back to the new video. We've got uh, Morgan Shepard trying to get a lap back, and he's in front of Earnhardt and Ger Harry Gant, and um, he's pulling away from, uh, let's see, Who's that? Ricky Rudd in third. So we've got Earnhardt and Gann out front. Shepard's right behind them, and he's trying to get a lap back. Uh, this would be a story for the middle part of the race, really. This was probably the biggest story in the middle part of the race was can Morgan Shepard get back on the lead lap? Yeah, because, you know, you got to remember this is back in the day before the lucky dog and all that stuff. You yeah. had to get it. You yeah, had no wave it. around. You had to you had to earn it. And at yeah. Bristol, come on, man. That's, I mean, you have a flat tire. You're going to go two, three laps down easy. And they and this is this is even before they would move over when the caution came out and be nice and let five or six cars pass you. Oh yeah, they wouldn't they, let, they wouldn't nobody, let pass. nobody buy. No, so you really had to earn the earn the lap back. Um, we have it, this it right here in this part of the race. It's pretty good. It's still good. We've got enough good cars out there without attrition and tire problems and all this other stuff. We've got. Ricky Rudd and Bobby Allison side-by-side side for a while for third. Um, we have Jeff Bodine beating him and Bobby Allison beat on each other a little bit. Uh, I think 
Allison and Red get into it a couple of times. So we've we've got a lot of short track racing. And and let's I mean think about this, Allison. How old is he right here? He's got to be up there. He's in his upper forties. Yeah, at least. I mean, and you know that's the thing people forget. You know, by this time, yeah, him and Petty they're on the downhill slide, but they still got skills. I mean, now Bobby Allison get, until the day he had the wreck where he retired him almost killed him yeah he was still winning races because I mean, he was up there i think they mentioned he was still fourth in points or something like that and yeah i mean that's amazing yeah i mean allison had a he was having a good 1986 um we have ricky red uh terry labonte neil bonnet all racing hard for fifth then waltrip and tim richmond right with them we're down to 12 cars on the lead lap, and we're not even, we're maybe 170 laps into the race by now. Yeah, because they don't have the ticker. That's another mm-hmm. thing. I, I think modern day, they go too much with the ticker. I mean, there's too much stuff scrolling. Oh, God. But I would like to have, you know, at least like a rundown or a, every once in a while, like 250 laps left, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to sometimes tell exactly where we're at in a race. So we have... Uh, Morgan Shepard is in front of Earnhardt with Bobby Allison running down Earnhardt for the lead. So Morgan Shepard's got his lap back. He's on the tail end of the lead lap, running away with, um, try hoping for a caution. Yeah. Hoping and praying. Cause I can, you, well, I mean, he didn't have the intimidator title by that point, but he didn't have that black car, but still it's Dale Earnhardt behind you and somebody's pushing him. Yeah. Then we have Bobby Allison. Uh, he makes a power move around Earnhardt on the outside for the lead. And Larry Newber says Bobby Allison hadn't won at Bristol since winning both races in 1972. So that's kind of surprising, but I guess Daryl Waltrip in the early 80s just ate up all the wins. I've got a homework assignment. I want somebody to find out if he is related to the MyPillow guy. There's got to be a connection here. (laughs) Work with me, people. Mike Lindell and Larry Newber. Got to be. It's got to be his great uncle. Um Jack Aroot reports that Harry Gantz changing his line to try to save tires. He says that Gantz, he's, as he says that, <laughs> yes. so he's like, Harry Gantz is taking it easy. He's trying to save tires, and they go back to the track, Andy. What's happening? He, he is drifting it into turn three with the outside tires smoking right on rear, TV. Yeah, you right, can see the right rear blowing smoke. Right rear smoking. <laughs> he's say, Yeah, he's saving tires. He's trying right. to save it, and then here he goes in there like fast and the furious. And right here about this same time, we have the uh, shepherd starts dropping like a rock. You can, I don't know if his if it was his car falling off or if he kept getting flat tires or what, but he would be really fast, and then all of a sudden he just fall off. Yeah, it was one of them. I don't know if he was out driving the equipment or there were a lot of people got flats today. Yeah, I mean it was It's not just shepherd. There was a lot of people getting flat tires. Maybe Goodyear just didn't have a the right tire for the right front. Or, yeah, or maybe the rain washed something down in the line. I don't know, but it, it it was a little bit odd. Yeah, so we have a lot of people. He's So he's lost his lap again. Um, Gant to the outside of uh, Earnhardt for second. He gets him. Benny Parsons says, Gant must like the outside of the racetrack. In other news, water is wet. Yeah. Well, I see, mean, it would. this may have been before he was known as high side Harry. I don't know, but Harry Gant and the high side is just, they're, they're like... Uh, Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, got to be. Cause it, well, and uh, I think the main reason is because if you're already at the wall, if you do hit it, it ain't going to be that hard. So, you know, you save yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Get, Lord knows Gant don't need too many hard hits. No. But, yeah, he didn't care to take her right up out of the edge. He, no. Yeah, Kim Block ain't got nothing on him. No, I mean, Harry Gant was the, um, the 1986 version of Kyle Larson. Yes. He just likes a, to run right against the wall. That's a good comparison. Uh, except Harry Gant was... The, the man, the man, <laughs> yeah. a man, the man, whatever you want. No, to call nothing it. against Kyle Larson, but I mean Harry Gant was—he was the epitome of cool. Yeah, I mean, no, no offense to nobody here, but if you looked at Gant and then you looked at Kyle Larson, which one would you be afraid going to whoop your ass? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so we've get, we're down to 180 laps. It's now sprinkling rain. We uh, run a few more laps. The caution comes out for rain. Uh, the five car pits. Everybody else stays out and. So the five car makes a pit stop and Jack Root has to get to the bottom of it. He interviews Gary Nelson and here is that interview. 
in the pit area. Well, I'm down here with Gary Nelson, and what I suspected is indeed true. Nelson has rolled the dice one more time. Gary, you've decided to come in early, figuring this thing won't go to red. It'll just stay under caution, and you'll work your way by attrition back to the front. Well, you know, the race isn't official until you get to the halfway point. So when you, when you have a caution for rain, everybody's going to stop to fill up their cars and to get new tires. I think it's best to stop early, get the uh, tires changed, get the gas in it, and then the other guys, they wait till the track drives, they stop, and we go up to the front. Well, now, Benny Parsons alluded to the fact that some teams, though, like to stop later, especially if they think the red flag's going to come out, because then you can have an extended brain session with your driver without being inside the car. But you, you kind of, like, elected not to do that. Now, you don't think they're going to go to red? No, I, uh... You know, in a position like I'm in, you just kind of do what you think's best at the time, and hopefully at least half the time you come out right. You never know. Well, it looks like they're starting to make Gary Nelson clairvoyant because some of the leaders are beginning uh -huh. to pit, gentlemen. You're right. Uh, Dale Earnhardt is in, Richard Petty, Tim Richmond, uh, Terry Labonte, and Daryl Waltrip. All of these drivers have come in for a pit stop. And, Jack, is it still raining down there? I can't see it uh, reflecting through the lights. No, in fact, it started to dry, and there's a good, brisk wind, so things will dry out quickly. It looks like that was just a little dusty. You know, it was a little humid down here, and that shower was somewhat refreshing for all of us. Okay, explain <laughs> something to me. Uh, I, I will try my best. Jackaroot, and I like Jackaroot. He is going in hard on Gary Nelson for pitting Bodine. <laughs> Like, well, why did you pit? You've, you've pitted. And then Gary Nelson's like, well, dude, it's only, it's not even halfway. It's not an official race. And, um, you know, everybody else is going to have to pit. And then he's like, well, if the red flag comes out, then we'll, you know, they'll get to talk about the adjustments that they're going to make. And all Gary Nelson can say, b besides go to hell, <laughs> Jack, <laughs> is, you know, I've, I've got to make a decision. Sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But immediately... After he says this, yes, Bob Jenkins says, Jack, is it raining? What does Jack say? <laughs> no. What else does he say? <laughs> I can't tell you. Go ahead. It's drying out. <laughs> Which Jack, is what happens after it quits raining. The red flag is not coming out unless Bill's wife gets loose again but during a her, green flag run. But they've got her in a cage right now. But <laughs> That, that's what I love about this era of racing. He totally craps on the guy's decision-making, and karma comes up and takes a big bite out of him as everybody else comes yeah, down after yeah, Then everybody comes to the pits, but Jack Arute is like he's going in hard on him, <laughs> and it has stopped raining. What's going to bring out the red flag if it's not <laughs> raining? I don't know. I don't know if there was a water line busted or what. But it, it, and he's like, "Yeah, but it's clearing out." Well, yeah. Usually when it stops raining, it gets dry. It's happened a few times I've seen in my lifetime. <laughs> the winds pick and the winds picking up. It's going to dry it out even faster, Jack. Oh well. Yeah. I, I know the radars was not the same in 1986. I get that. But when you're going, when you're like really up trying to shake something out of him for pitting. And there's, it's the tracks dry and it's quit raining. Like, fought this battle another day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he went in with a script and just felt he had to stick to it or yeah. what. But change it up once you see the rain ain't stopped. Congratulate him on being the first one down there. Right. Good job. Yeah, this is the hill you're going to die on today. <laughs> well, why not? He's died, he's died on quite a few hills in this season, so <sighs> not not as bad as that poor guy from ABC. Well, that's true. Too. <laughs> <laughs> We're still beat. It's been how many? It's been a year since I've watched that race, and I can't get that guy out of my mind. He li he's got rent free in my head. Oh Lord! I, that, I, well, I don't want to get into politics, but he reminds me of a certain politician. The way he just kept sidling up to somebody. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so we get a clip of the cameras. Go. Oh, here's this part of the race. <laughs> Because it's going to take a few minutes to get the, uh, get, get the track dry. They're still out there. Yeah. Here's when we go around town prior to Bristol. They they take their cameras, and, and we put some – I've already put the pictures on our page of some of the stuff that was going on. They play the most redneck music, which is fine. Yeah. But NASCAR in 1986 is still embracing this. 
Yes. And it's okay because now they're trying to get us back. Yeah, now they want us back. Hey, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. We needed you rednecks. We, th- these yuppies that, you know, they, they, they just, it was only good for them when it was cool. Yeah. Now that NASCAR's not cool again, we need these rednecks back. <laughs> yeah, you know, back when you had the cool, you know, like Earnhardt Jr. and Gordon and Johnson and, you know, the big celebrity type racers. Carl Edwards. Yeah, Carl, you know, we, oh, we don't need them. They, you know, whatever. We're going to go. We're, we're, we're expanding beyond our southern roots. And now it's like, oh, crap. Yeah, now we got two races again at Darlington. <laughs> Woo! But aside from that, the they 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 pick out they have to do this on purpose they pick out the most absurd rednecks to show there's a guy molesting a dog yes it was horrible yeah. the there the, the one guy that didn't have any teeth that was um taking a nap in a hammock and woke up he had been drunk he was drunk then there's this disturbing clip the woman on the ferris wheel or whatever that spinning thing was that she was on the the face (laughs) that she makes in this still picture she looks like something that come out of the conjuring hey that just proves the lizard people are real and they're amongst us (laughs) yeah that uh, look at that and tell me that there's something not right with it i mean i know we have some inbred people around here and that's okay and, but I don't, this was not a deformity. She, there, there was something going on with this woman's yeah, face. She, she was exercising a demon or something. Yes. And the bad part the is. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yes. There was holy, maybe that's what the rain was, was the holy water. It I don't holy know. holy water. But the, that's another thing that got me was looking at them rides that them people was riding and how fast they were going. And there wasn't a whole lot holding them on there. And I'm oh, like, oh, no. dear Lord. No. No, there wasn't much safety on those carnival rides back then. But yeah, that's that. Just if you watch this clip, realize one thing: yes, we are rednecks. Yes, we are kind of like that. But they, like you said, they went and picked out the redneck. They were looking for redneck king. Yeah, they. I mean, they went. Beyond. They was looking for Joe Exotic before they knew he existed. <laughs> yes, they were looking for everybody's uncle that they don't invite to Thanksgiving no more. Yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> when that poor dog got attacked. Oh my dear uh, lord. The uncle that got a little too friendly with the Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. He's he's that guy. Yep. And from then on, we started having ham instead. <laughs> uh, so we are now, um, we find out that Tim Richmond pushed the radiator in. He's trying to keep his engine running. We're 197 laps under caution. Bobby Allison, Harry Gant, Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine, and Dave Marcus in the Helen Ray special. <laughs> Woo! In the top Sugar five. Sugar mama. Maybe that was Helen Ray running across the track. You know what? Uh, you might be right. She had a lot of paperwork in her hands. So. She did. She did. Wouldn't she? Have, I, I don't know. Um, we we go. We all. Anytime they talk to Harry Hyde, we got to get it. So here is a Harry Hyde interview while we're under caution. Literally all wet. You've been putting water down there in the radiator, but what happened, Harry? Our ductwork uh, is all bent up in the front. It's got the radiator partially closed off, but we can't take it out. We don't have time, so we're trying to keep it cool and maybe get a finish. Uh, the car's running about 240, and it's too hot to finish right now. So we're trying to keep it cool enough so we can stay back down and finish the race. Kind of like sitting on a time bomb. Gentlemen? The one thing I like about Harry Hyde, he has this reputation of, you know, always being a curmudgeon and uh, always being – he. They have a radiator problem. It may not finish a race, and he's just like he's just happy to be there. Yeah, he's and he explains it good. And I mean, think about this though: they are actually letting them get out there with a water hose and spray this sucker down at every pit stop, just to yeah. try and keep it going. Yeah, I mean, maybe this invisible rain that's coming from Jackaroo will <laughs> cool Richmond's engine off. Maybe that's why it was hitting him in the face. They were shooting the water hose, <laughs> they, and he thought it was a dry. water hose. He thought it was coming a monsoon. Like Daryl Walter talking about that wreck when the stay dry hit him in the face. It's raining. That's why I wrecked. <laughs> uh, so after 19 laps of caution, we go back to green on lap 203. We have Bobby Allison darts out to the lead. Gant behind him. Neil Bonnet working over Gant and uh, gets to his inside for second. We have Bodine also going by Gant. Morgan Shepard moving back up through the field again, trying to get that lap back. He was persistent. Um, now we see Bill Elliott, who had been in the garage for 75 laps, having his rear end changed. Well, you know what happened behind him. Yeah, we with the three-way behind you, that's going bound to happen. Um, the 11 by the three for fourth. 
and Gant slides back uh, to sixth. Jack Root says that Harry Gant is now pushing and needs an adjustment. Bobby Allison is in the front. We've got Neil Bonnet trying to work him over. Uh, Jeff Bodine right behind them. And also uh, Morgan Shepard, who's still trying to get that lap back. Just more laps and laps and laps. We're really clicking them off. Uh, we get Shepard by the five car and the 12 car. Now we have Daryl Waltrip, though, up by the five car on the high side. And Waltrip had lost a lap early in the pit stop cycle. He's back on the lead lap, and he's moving. Yeah, he he was heading out of there like a bullet. It was like a short person at a midget toss. <laughs> yeah, Waltrip was coming. Uh, one thing to notice in 1986 is how this is how the cars move forward and backward through the field. Um, anymore, it almost seems like they're kind of stuck. You don't see a lot of movement, or you might see one car that's really good in the back. He can drive through there, but you don't see guys going from first to ninth, back to fifth during a run. No. Here, they kind of go all over the place during the run because I think it's a lot about tire management. And and they want to talk about the, the drivers and stuff. Yeah, they're in better physical condition now, but these cars are bouncing all over the track. They're scrubbing going into the turns, and the surface is not smooth. So like you say, they got to be managing the tires. When do I want to use the most of them? When do I want to go for it? When do I want to lay back? You know, it seems like there's a lot more strategy to it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a totally different animal back then. Um, we've got Bodine and Earnhardt, both by Neil Bonnet, knocks him back to fifth. Harry Gant uh, by Bonnet pretty easily also. Jack Root says that Bonnet's playing the tire strategy game. We have Morgan Shepard gets by Bobby Allison and gets the lap back again. We uh, hit halfway. Um, Ricky Rudd pretty slow on the track, and he's hit the wall pretty hard. Uh, Button Moore looks at the right front. He lo- he looks down at the right front. He just he like he gives that motion to cut it, just kill it. We're done. But uh, they'll they'll keep working on the car. We have Earnhardt to the pits for left side tires. He had a left front flat. We have Daryl Waltrip and Bobby Allison quite a bit in front of third place Bodine. Uh, and we go to commercial. We come back, and Junior Johnson on pit wall. It, if you could pose, I mean, I know that he wasn't doing this because Junior Johnson just didn't give a crap. But that pose on pit wall with that stoic look looking over Bristol, it, there should be a statue of Junior Johnson looking right there. there. There's just a few things that you think of when you think of NASCAR, and when it comes to an owner slash pit manager, whatever, Junior Johnson on the wall is just one of those iconic images. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as Earnhardt doing the burnout in Daytona and standing up, you know, with the confetti going off. That's, there's just certain images that just scream NASCAR. Yeah, Junior Johnson with that one leg up on the wall. Yeah, always the same same pose all the yeah, time. Yeah, he always just, looks the same. They should have made a statue. I, and you know from the stories you hear that the man had a temper, but you, I've never, you ever, I've never seen it. I've never seen it on camera. I don't know if they had to turn it away because of the words or what, but you always seem just da 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 da. Yeah. yeah, I mean during the race he's always pretty late. He seemed pretty laid back when they, at least during the races, he he knew how to rein it in. Uh, two hundred and seventy-two laps down, Waltrip out front. There's a good battle with Richmond, Labani, Petty. For fifth, Richard Petty's his car's beat up pretty bad. He was in one of those early, one of the few wrecks in the race, but he's uh, still running in the top five. We have uh, Neil Bonnet to the pits. He's in for four tires. Morgan Shepard also has to make a green flag pit Again. stop. Again. But then the 22 comes into the pits, and he changes left side tires. Daryl Waltrip in the pits for left side tires, but now Bobby Allison back in the pits for right side tires. I don't know if he had a flat tire and they didn't know which side it was on or what, but he comes right back into the pits. Well, you got to remember, it's a whole different animal when you don't have a speed limit on pit road. I mean, you know, so it, that's a little bit, you know, you can vary a little bit. A little bit, but it's still strange. Um, all this mess puts Bodine back into the lead. And that's this is basically, I mean, we're having green flag pit stops at Bristol in 1986. I didn't think I didn't, I didn't even know that happened. Well, the part, bad part about it is they have raced this long, and there's not a lot. I mean, the cars are bouncing all over the track, but there's not a lot of contact. 
No, they're uh, keeping it off of each other and off of the wall, and, and they're having a lot of flat tires. Yeah, and and that's I don't know, and it's it's a lot of left flat tires. You know, you'd expect yeah. the right rear or something, but the left's going out. I don't know. Um, we go to a commercial. We come back. We've got 300 laps down. Uh, Bodine's still in the lead. Tim Richmond pits uh, and trying to get some laps back. He's currently two laps down. Uh, Richmond had finished in the top two in eight of the last nine races. Uh, four wins. And in eight of the last nine races, he finished in the top two. I, yeah. I, that's a tear. Yeah. I mean, that, that's some Harry Gantt level stuff right there. Anybody that says Richmond would have never won a, he could have never won a NASCAR title because he wasn't consistent enough. Ta-da. Ta-da. I, I mean, 86 was his breakout year and he gets sick. You never know what he would have done. He would have, Andy, as much as you like Dale Earnhardt, and we've talked about this, he would not have won all the titles he did. He, I mean, Rusty may not have ever won his title. Bill Elliott may not have won it in 88 again. I don't know, but I am pretty sure sometime between 87 and 92, 93, Richmond would have at least knocked off one or two. Well, you got to figure. I mean, look, he he's with his crew, and they're when they get three, four races in, they're they just mold together, and he's gone. Yeah. No, he, all the trouble he had at the start of the year wasn't his. No. You, know, the, the, you give him the car to little finish, and he look what he did. You know? yeah, it wasn't overdriving the car those first. His car just wasn't any good. Yeah, they, I don't know what was going on with the motors or whatever, but. But you yeah. got to know, Rick Hendrick had only been a car owner for two years. Yeah. And they started in 84. Bodine's first real year was 85, and then he expands to the two-car team. It was just unheard of. Yeah, you know, I mean, the only other person does that is Junior Johnson. And everybody talks about Junior Johnson in this area, you know, having two cars. And he's doing the same thing here. And this with, is Junior's last year with two cars. Yeah. He, he quit doing it. Yeah, because it's too much of a headache at the time. You know, they didn't have the teammate mentality it was mm -hmm. you know i'm better than you and i'm gonna prove it to the boss yeah so uh nobody knows what lap anybody is on the announcers are even confused they're trying to figure out where people are at we richard petty comes into the pits from fourth we know that yeah because at one point richard petty was going for the lead and they're like wait a minute he's three laps down <laughs> <laughs> he is not in the lead not going for the lead anymore uh we keep knocking off laps we have a good battle between um labani and waltrip for second and a route all but confirms the rumor that Labonte's going to the 11 in 1987. And um, now both of those guys have caught Bodine up front. Andy, um, we know, we've read, I can't remember who all they was speculating on replacing Darrell Waltrip at uh, Junior Johnson. But uh, Terry Labonte, you know, he had won the title in 84 at, with the, the same car so you know he's a solid driver but just him and junior it never seemed and we'll see it don't play out i mean he does okay but that's just not a marriage that i would you'd think that's a good idea no because i've heard a million times junior johnson would rather lose a championship and win a race because that's what that's why he was he came up was you won the race you worried about winning the race you know championship yeah that's nice but you know I want to win the race and Labonte was more of a long term type driver he wasn't going to you know at this time he's not going to run over fifteen people to try to win a race at the end it's just not going to happen no I mean maybe you didn't have a lot of other choices because did you have you did you listen to the Daryl Waltrip on Dell Junior download yeah okay so did you hear him talk about that, that that he uh, Waltrip confirms, and we've talked about this before. Dell Earnhardt was going to be, I am convinced, he was going to be the driver for Junior Johnson until the Richmond wreck. Yeah, and, and I don't know how long. And he, he might have still been if he wouldn't have went over there and told Junior after the race that he didn't mean to do it. If he'd have just went over there and said, "Well, it's part of it," Junior would have. But he said when Daryl says in this interview that. You know, he said, he goes over to Junior and says, I didn't mean it. And Junior said, I didn't want nothing to do with him after that. Yeah. And then, you know, well, it worked out for Earnhardt. But can you imagine I, Junior Johnson and Dale Earnhardt teaming up to get, oh, dear Lord. I mean, that's another big what if. He goes to Junior Johnson. Maybe they put two teams together. Maybe Labonte's still there. They There's yeah. a two-car team with Earnhardt and Terry Labonte. And he runs two Bud cars again. Then, I mean, who do you put in Earnhardt's car then? Yeah. 
Yeah, then for eighty-seven. I mean, maybe they get Davy. I mean, maybe Robert Yates never gets Davy Allison. Maybe yeah. Davy Allison goes to Richard Childers. Maybe well, uh, um, Rusty Wallace goes to Richard Childers. Well, that's a, that's a lot of what ifs. It's like, well, Earnhardt goes to Johnson. If he go, if he stays with the plan and goes with only one car, all of Junior Johnson's attentions on Dale Earnhardt. Oh yeah, Dale Earnhardt. All his attention is on winning races. Yeah, I mean, you, you. I mean, they might have won. He won. He killed him in 1987. Anyway, he might have beat him even worse. Oh yeah, I don't know. So, um, we let's see what's going on. Um, we have Labonte and Waltrip by Jeff Bodine pretty easy because Bodine is not pitted yet. So they both catch him. They get by him pretty easy. We have Labonte and Waltrip right together. Uh, they're just blowing through lap traffic. It looks like the other cars are stopped. Those cars are going so much faster than everybody. Uh, looks like um, there's some pretty good racing between uh, Petty and Bonnet. 350 laps down. The announcers are excited. There's almost a caution for Burchwell because apparently he couldn't find – I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he was looking for Bill's wife. Yeah. <laughs> he's out on the track barely moving, and then he stops, and then he starts, and then he pulls it behind Pitwall. Yeah, I don't know if he had a flashback of her <laughs> running across or what, but something went bad. No, but they, they're, the announcers was like giddy, but yeah. then it didn't, it didn't happen. So the Bodine comes to the pits. He gets two tires. Then we have um, Labonte and Waltrip still knows to tell. Then we have Dell Earnhardt having a moment of uh, trepidation. He's coming back in the front stretch or making Earnhardt. Sorry. Oh, Earnhardt hitting the wall hard in the main straightaway. Slides to the downside of the track. Almost hits the inside pit wall, but manages to keep it away from there. But Earnhardt... Had some pretty good contact with the outside wall. He gets the car moving again, though. But this will bring out the caution. What a break for Labonte and for Waltrip that, that might have lost the race for Bodine. And that is the story of racing, ladies and gentlemen. Timing. Waltrip. So Earnhardt hits the wall somehow twice at Bristol. <laughs> And he doesn't, I mean, you hit it with the right side pretty hard, and then you nose into the front stretch wall. Usually in those days, your radiator's done. Yeah, you're out of there. Yeah, but it's finished. This race could have won him the championship. And I don't know, I can't remember exactly how it plays out. He, I know he pulls out a little bit, but he wrecks right here, and he's out of the race, and he finishes 25th, 20th, 25th, yeah. instead of third fourth yeah. wherever he finishes i think he's like fourth or fifth somewhere in there i mean after and, all that stuff that happened to him and he still pulled that out yeah i mean that's a this is a big break for earnhardt and because, you gotta remember labani he was heading <clears throat> into the pits at this point looked like i mean you know watching the replay he looked like he was fixing the pit and then he sees the yellow flag and he warps it back up behind walter but yeah and then know. they then they both get to pit but if bodine would have waited two more laps he would have been right he'd have been in the catbird seat i don't think he was quite as fast as daryl and uh, labani but he's he's pretty fast but he pits and then you know there's no uh and then uh, then the caution comes out so this uh, bends up pretty through uh bends up the threes front end pretty bad larry Newber says he thinks that um you know Earnhardt didn't have much contact and you can't really tell what happened on the replay no the replay just shows him sitting there <clears throat> yeah so around lap 362 for the restart, we have Waltrip, Labonte, Bobby Allison, Jeff Bodine, Earnhardt, and Harry Gant. And only Waltrip and Labonte are actually on lead lap. Yeah, and man. it's just attrition. A lot of it, some of it was the way they pit stopped and people had pitted. And, but I mean, the other part of it was Labonte and Waltrip was besides Bodine, there's a lot better than just about everybody else. Yeah, you know, the attrition, yeah, that took out Bodine, but the rest of them, they were just that much faster. So Petty's in seventh. He's two laps down. We go to the restart. Waltrip jumps out immediately, and, I mean, he's like a half a straightaway ahead, and just he's just gone. Oh, he just He's like, sign guys. Somebody lit a firecracker on his honey. Yeah. Um, we've got Bobby Allison and Gant both working over Labonte, and here is... I love Larry Newber. I always thought he's a pretty good announcer. But he comments here that he doesn't think that the five has to pit again. He don't. But he feels that the 11 definitely does. Andy, this, despite <laughs> the fact that we just had this caution and we saw Waltrip in the freaking pits yeah. for a 17 or 18 second pit stop. Because the two, the camera was on the two lead lap cars. The only two. The only on two. The lead lap. 
I mean, he was there. It watched him the whole way. The only thing, and I would have to go back and listen to it again. There may be a slight outside possibility when that caution flag hit, Newber had to take a pit stop himself. Maybe he, maybe he just didn't. Maybe he wasn't in the booth to actually notice what was going on. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom. You know, uh, that's, that's, that's a good point. How do they do that without having to go to the bathroom sit for four hours? Oh, they don't. They they do. You just don't really notice it. So uh, sometimes you'll you'll not hear somebody talk for a few minutes. That's why. But um, th- then Newber, he's, he's he says, well, I made a mistake, and I just didn't see him duck into the pits. <laughs> he, how can you not see under caution? There's two cars on the lead lap. And you didn't notice it. So the only thing I will give Nuber the benefit of the doubt and saying he was making a pit stop himself, either that or he's lost his mind. Yeah. And then he come back and I was like, I, he's still in the lead. I don't know if he can make it or not. No, Larry, he can make it because he just pitted. <laughs> um, DK Horrock has a single car spin caution back out. So we've got a few cars in the pits, Gant, Bonnet, Earnhardt and uh, Richmond all coming to the pits this is something that brings it back. I noticed it that much this year. The pit guy standing at the end of the pit road with the little sign, stop and go. How, you know, you don't have to have that anymore. And how many guy? How many times was the pit guy flipped off? <laughs> like stop! And there's just, just holding the finger out the window. Yeah, ain't happening. Get out of the way. Um, Jack Root with a quick word with Steve Mill, who he pronounced Hamel. Uh, Mill doesn't think that they've got anything for the 11. Mill is, um, Labonte's crew chief green back out. We get Bobby, Bobby Allison by Terry Labonte and Waltrip out front. Um, then we get a clip here with Neil Bonnet because he's out of his car. Think about this. Yeah, let's examine this for a moment. So Neil Bonnet's out of the car because he's he's still got some rib issues from the. I mean, he had a nasty crash, Pocono. That was a big one. Yeah, and and he's telling you know that's I, that's the one that's the same seat. That's that the same seat that I broke my ribs. And in. he's poking me in the same spot. That tells me the seat's broke. The seat is broke. Yeah, or or there's something. It's compromised. Yeah. There's, has to be. Like it's poking me. It's because it's broke. Maybe you should change. God, Junior, I know. I know that uh, you don't have much compassion, but for the love of God, yeah, at least put him a cushion. Give him a yeah. Do something. Call man. Larry Newber down there. And get a pillow in that thing or something. Larry, yeah, Larry Newber will bring you a pillow. Jack Root will make some excuse to give you a red flag. Yeah, right, we'll get you a red flag. Yeah. We can get you out of the car. He'll be standing out there with one of them sprinklers going. It's raining all over the place. Oh God. So, um, more laps clicking off. Waltrip way out front. There's a little. There's a battle, and this the the whole rest of the race. This is the only thing that happens. Earnhardt and Harry Gant are basically nose to tail for the rest of the race. Yeah. That's the, uh, and that's the thing. Yeah. They're lapped down, but it's still good racing, but it's just, no, it's, two. it's good racing. And, and Gant, he done everything he could. He never tried to move him though. He, uh, he, he was just all over him. Yeah. Harry's just sometimes a little too nice. We should have gave him the, I guess Gant didn't figure, you know, if I, if it's not for the win, who cares? Yeah. It was the third or fourth. Yeah. Like, what does it matter? So, um, yeah, if it had been for the win, he might've tried to rattle the cage a little. Yeah. I, I would think that if it was for the win, he would have went for it. Um, Waltrip about a half a lap ahead of Labonte Jenkins said that he got out on the track, um, last night and was running 60 to 70 miles an hour and he got dizzy and Benny Parsons said, well, it wasn't because of the speed, but it's because of the bumps that made him dizzy because Jenkins thought he was going too fast. Benny's like, no, it's the bumps. Who knows at this point? <laughs> uh, Benny would probably know since he's been out on the track. Plenty. That's the one I listen to is Benny. Whatever Benny says, we'll go with that. The rest of them, it's like... Mm. It's iffy. <laughs> it's iffy at best, unless it's Benny. 
We have Bobby Allison in the wall. He has to make a pit stop for a flat tire from third. Uh, 67 to go. Uh, Waltrip, Labonte, Bodine, Earnhardt, and Bodine and Earnhardt are two laps. Earnhardt's two laps down. Um, let's see. I believe Bodine was one lap down. Earnhardt was two laps down. Gant, um, Bobby Allison, Richmond, Petty, and uh, then three laps down was Hillen. I mean, they were all spread. This was like an endo race. Yeah, and what was it, maybe twenty cars by the time the race is over with. Yeah, we'll the we'll hit the we'll hit the stats here in just a minute because there's nothing else really happens the rest of the race. We have Gant and Earnhardt still running right together, but we will uh, give you the last lap and the victory lane interview. Out of the fourth corner, the white flag is being displayed by Harold Kinder, and Darrell Waltrip has one more lap to go. His advantage on Terry Labonte, more than eight seconds. He could coast home from here. He sets the car into turn number three on the high side of Mike Waltrip. His brother, and here they come off the fourth corner. It's Darrell Waltrip winning the Bush 500. crosses the line, finishes in second place. Jeff Bodine is going to be third, a lap down. And then Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant, unofficially in fourth and fifth. At the top of the show, we said that this seems to be one of the first of the late season races that may be one of the pivotal points in the championship race for the Winston Cup. And I think we saw tonight Waltrip taking a stride. He'll be 116 points behind Dale Earnhardt going to Darlington next Sunday. We'll be back to Victory Lane in a moment. Darrell Waltrip has moved himself into Victory Lane here at Bristol. He's unbuckling and will be getting out of the car in just a moment and we'll have a chance to talk with him. Meanwhile, we'll review the top 10 finishers unofficially. Terry Labonte finishes second, Bodine third, Dale Earnhardt fourth, and Harry Gant fifth. Sixth through 10, Tim Richmond, Richard Petty. Eighth was Bobby Allison. Ninth was Bobby Hillen Jr. So the Stavola cars finish eighth and ninth and Alan Kowicki has a 10th place finish under his belt. Darrell begins to climb out of the car, and let's go now to Jackaroot in victory lane. Well, Darrell Waltrip is getting out of the car. Darrell, congratulations. Another page in the Bristol record book. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, got a kink in my knee right now, but uh, I feel great. Car run good, and just want to thank the good Lord for a good, safe race. Very reminiscent of the runs you've had for so many years here at Bristol behind the wheel of a Junior Johnson car. Just terrific. It looked like it was tight until about the halfway mark, and then, as they say, cream rises to the top. Let's sit down, Jack. Well, you can see that the, uh, let's get down here with Daryl. Like I said. When the cream gets ready, he'll rise back up to the top, but he ain't ready right now. <laughs> it was a physical beating then, huh? It was a hard race, and I'm tired, and uh, I can't say enough about my crew. My car run great, thanks to Budweiser and Goodyear and Valvoline and Kentucky Fried Chicken and the Lord. Hey, what about the run for the Winston Cup? Looks like another page the way you did it in 81 and in 82 and then last year. I think everything's going to be all right, Jack. We get to get a few more runs in like tonight, and we uh, may just have them going our way. Well, we'll wait and see. Next stop is Darlington, and we'll be there. Mother and father on everybody in Franklin. I love all of you. Well, that's the story from Victory Lane. A little subdued. Daryl's down, but he's not out. Where Daryl Waltrip has won the Bush 500. Benny? I think that Darrell Walter served notice on Dale Earnhardt, Tim Richmond. He's going to be a factor for the Winston Cup again in 1986. And there you have it. Uh, Darrell Walter put the win here at uh, Bristol. And Andy, he, 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 I made fun of Ricky Rudd for getting out of the car and, you know, falling to just splattering out there across the track. I like that, though, how Darrell did it with a root. He's like, the cream rises to the top, and then Daryl's like, let's sit down. Yeah. The cream will, <laughs> the cream will rise, rise back up later. Well, <laughs> well, when he first started talking, anybody from the South knows what I'm talking about, or if you haven't, go to a Southern church somewhere when they're having a gospel singing. He sounded like the lead singer of a gospel group when they're trying to introduce themselves. Yes, Lord, we're here, and we're going to talk to you today. You'll be with us. We're trying to struggle through this. We're going to sing, and we're going to give you a good message today, Lord. 
And I'm like, he could be a preacher. Maybe yeah. he was a preacher at this yeah, time. I, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know, but uh, he was definitely, for, for a guy that just won the race, he's like, I just want to lay down. Yes, I just want to sit down. I don't, don't want anybody bothering me. Uh, who who knows? Maybe there had been an accident in the car. Yeah, maybe his leg wasn't the thing that had the kink. Because because I noticed that uh, the first thing he did when he pulled in, he asked for a towel, and you know, I'm just yeah, saying maybe he's you know the white driver's suit. Yeah, it looked like grease stains on it. I ain't saying nothing. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, Waltrip wins. Labonte second. They're the only two on the lead lap. Bodine third. Dale Earnhardt in fourth, Gant in fifth. They were all one lap down. Tim Richmond in sixth, two laps down on his own lap. Richard Petty, seventh, three laps down on his own lap. Bobby Hill in eighth, four laps down on his own lap. Bobby uh, Hill in ninth, five laps down on his own lap. Alan Kowicki in tenth, six laps down on his own lap. Neil Bond at 11th, nine laps down, and uh, 12th, Tommy Ellis, 12 laps down, Michael Waltrip, 13 laps down. Then Rusty Wallace and Dave Marcus with the the spirited battle for 14th as they're both on the same lap, 16 laps down. Yes, I bet you it was a humdinger. When we say that this one just wasn't the best Bristol race, we're not kidding. I mean, this is one if you need to skip probably can yeah you can skip just listen to us just just watch the first part watch the clips that we were watch the woman on the track go to the qualifying show and watch that yeah that that's more entertaining than the race honestly so we had that um we had uh one two three four five six seven eight we had 10 cars out of the race i mean they only started 30 so 10 cars out of the race you finished you know 20 cars yeah that's the thing it's not like they started 43 back then i mean when or even 40, like they do now. It's just uh, 30 cars. That's the weird thing to think about when you go back, and if you go back in a little time machine, we're only about six, seven years from where the field is full every week with sponsored cars and team. You know, you're we're not far off from the big explosion of popularity. And, you know, but like you say, right here, we got 30 at Bristol, one of the best tracks they got. Yeah. Um, we had four cars miss the race. Ronnie Thomas, Connie Saylor, Tommy Crozier, and Jonathan Lee Edwards. I don't know who that is. Um, how many we had? We had how many leaders? How many leaders? Don't know. We had Only 15 one. lead change. We had 15 lead changes, six cautions for 56 laps. There were six, seven, eight different leaders in the race. Uh, Morgan Shepard finally had to retire from a brake issue. He finishes 22nd, even though he might have been the only car out there that could have gave Walter Perrin for his money. Yeah, and the brakes took him out. <clears throat> yeah, his, bra- his he had all those tire problems, but the brakes finally uh, finally done him in. That might have been what was doing the problem with the tires. I mean, who knows? So the next race is the Southern 500, Andy, from Darlington. It's, you know, back then, besides the Daytona 500, I still think the Southern 500 was probably the second most prestigious race, even still ahead of the Coke 600. I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's the world yeah, that and the world 600 is neck and neck. It, and to some people, I mean, it's up there with Daytona. I mean, oh yeah, because it's it's the home, you know, it's home, it's the start. I mean, the Southern 500 was the race. Yes, it was the race. If you got that one on your mantle, you was good. You was set to go. Yeah, because if you can win at Darlington, you you can win anywhere. Exactly. That showed how tough. That was like a manhood test. If you could win at Darlington, you were good. Daytona, yeah, you got the prestige, the money, and all that. But if you can win at Darlington, you made it. So the point standings going into uh, Darlington. We've got Earnhardt out front, Waltrip 121 behind, Richmond 165 behind, Bobby Allison 383, and Bill Elliott minus 437. So right here, you're already down. Unless something nuts happens, it's a three-car race for the championship. And look at this. I mean, he's had eight, eight top twos. Yeah, and he's still a hundred. I mean, that's how big of a hole Tim Richmond had to dig out of. Yeah, if he didn't have that big hole at the beginning of the year, he would be right there with Earnhardt neck and neck. But um, so we will do. Uh, hopefully, the Darlington race is better. I don't even know who wins, 
because I can't, I can remember the winners of the Daytona 500 mostly, at least up until the late nineties, early two thousands. And it sort of blurs together, but I don't remember who wins most races. So it's just, no. it's a, it's an adventure to us when we watch it. That's the beauty of this. When we go back, because most time we'll watch it the week we're going to do the show. That way it's a complete surprise to us too. And it's like, Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, um, hopefully the race at Darlington next week is better than, uh, the Bristol race, but hopefully it'll at least, if not, there can hopefully be enough, uh, around the race that'll give you some excitement hey it's the southern 500 we'll find something funny. oh yeah it's the southern 500 there's there's going to be some stuff around that race yeah we'll whether find. it's on the track off the track or in the infield yeah yeah bill's wife will be on the loose again yes well, they, somebody gonna have to put a shot collar on her come on guys so andy anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up nope just glad to be back uh glad 2020 is over hopefully 2021 will be better but i'd keep my fingers crossed yeah and uh hopefully we'll uh we'll actually get through the 1986 season by this summer <laughs> yeah hopefully we'll get through 86 before the other 86 rolls around oh god so yeah not to we're going to try to get through 86 and i'll just give you all a preview when we do, we're not doing 87. Just, it, no, it, it, it was happening. not a good year. Earnhardt killed him. And I've looked at the, you know, we might pick a race here or two out to talk about. I'm not sure. We'll probably do like a review, like a little review on 87. Because 88, there's a lot going on in 88. Yeah. We have Hoosier coming back into the sport, Arrow Wars. Uh, the, the, it, 88's a dynamic year, I think. Yeah, And 80, it'll be fun to talk about. 87, we can pretty well sum that up. And Earnhardt showed up, he took everybody's name, and then he left. Yeah, so we'll do 88, and then I don't even know. 89's kind of iffy. I'll have to look. There's going to be – we're going to skip around. We're only going to do solid years on years where it's worth doing a whole year on. And who knows? We might get bored and do some kind of off-brand race like the Japanese one or something. Oh yeah, the Suzuka race yeah, or something yeah. like that. The Motegi. We'll we'll do some other other stuff too. But we're going to try to plug through and get through 1986 here sometime by the summer of 2021. Whenever you're listening to this, but I'll go ahead and tell you, unless he pays me, we're not doing any of the big go karts. We're not doing the Indy cars. I said big go karts. Yeah, okay. So we're not no Indy cars, but we will maybe do an ASA race. We could do an ASA. You do, and you clean it up. <laughs> Hey, the American Speed Association. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the uh, the Snowball 100 or the All-American 400 at Nashville. That still don't sound no better. The All-American 400 at Nashville? No, the Snowball 400. That sounds like a cocaine run or something. <laughs> it was in Florida. It is oh, in Florida. Yeah. Well, so, that's where I just come back from. And so, that was yeah. 1986, so that's cocaine cowboy territory. Yeah, so it might be. Might be. We might catch, uh, Was um, who played for the Hurricanes? Michael Irvin? Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. find Michael Irvin. Not he'll to, let us know. He will let us know. We'll get him on the show. I'm sure he knows plenty about NASCAR. So for Andy, I'm Ricky. We're going to hit you with the Southern 500 next week. So for now, hopefully, very soon, you'll have another Racing Through Time coming up soon. <laughs>